mask and ear microphones do not mix well. They don't mix well with much of anything, actually. I'd like to invite you to take your copy of God's Word and open it up to the middle of your Bible, to Psalm chapter 46. Psalm 46, by the way, is a, um, it's a psalm that has been historically very powerful uh, throughout Christian history. It touched Martin Luther, uh, who was uh, the father of the Reformation. It touched him deeply, and so much so that uh, when he wrote uh, the great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Basically, that hymn is him uh, summing up and putting Psalm 46 into words. And so when, when we read this psalm and it, talking, it talks about the refuge that God is for us, he said, our God is a mighty fortress. However you want to picture or imagine, it is God being that place of protection, of safety, of strength. If you're physically able, would you stand now in reverence for the reading of God's word? Psalm 46, verses 1 through 11. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and Lord, we pray 
that we would see you as our ultimate safe spot, as our ultimate refuge, as our ultimate fortress, that we would understand that there is no protection greater than being in your hands, than being in the center of your will. Help us to understand how important it is to entrust ourselves to you. God, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We live in a world where safety and protection is a multi-billion dollar industry. Every single day, we are bombarded with advertisements for home security systems, car security systems, uh, folks telling us that, that we need identity theft protection, that we need all sorts of insurances of different types and, and extra insurances to cover the gaps of ins insurances that we already have. And, and we need uh, protections of, in terms of, you know, defenses and offenses and, and all sorts of coverages for our health and our home and our properties. And, and almost everything that we have in life beyond our food and our clothing and our stuff is all about protecting our stuff and ourselves, and our food, and our clothing. We're, we're all consumed with protecting, and insuring, and somehow taking care of all of these things uh, we have, and ourselves. That is, we are constantly looking for a safe place, or a safe zone. Uh, it has become very normal and natural in in-house building these days that we build a safe room. Folks look for that when they're putting a house plan together. Let's let's build a safe place where we can get to and you know that we can hopefully when the wind is high we can get to that place. And and we know we may know if our house doesn't have one, we know of a friend or a neighbor that maybe we can get over there. Safety security. We think about these things in our investments. The older we get, the more we think about these things. How's my retirement doing? Constantly our minds are grasping for something that we can hold on to, something that isn't going to slip out of our hands, something that we can be secure about. All of us have these ideas run through our heads we want something safe we want something secure and yet when we look around there's constant insecurity there's insecurity in nature there are typhoons there's hurricanes there's earthquakes there's epidemics there's murder hornets, there are thing after thing, whether it's stuff that we hear about new 
new ways of pollution and, and microplastics in the food and, and, the, and there's new things that are going you know, extinct and, and new forms of cancer and new diseases and new germs that are now immune to the medicines we have. And, and, and constantly there's all sorts of things in nature that are out to get us, it seems like. And stuff we used to kind of laugh at. I've mentioned before, you know, we used to laugh at that show Monk and him, you know, being so sketchy about germs. And now we're like, hey, he was on to something, you know. And and we have all these cataclysmic events. And then there's stuff that's not nature, but it's man-made. And we see the instability of politics and of, of nations and of of wars and as soon as we're pulling out and we're saying oh we're going to disengage and we pull out of one country and then there's a new hot spot in another country and it seems like always there's something going on there's always some instability somewhere or another and we wonder is there ever a sense of peace is there ever a sense where we can say okay Now things are stable. These are not new questions. They are questions that mankind has been asking from the very beginning. Certainly the psalmist was facing the same questions. And he begins with the the answer right up front. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble right off the bat he lets us know two things one trouble's not going away not in this life we can wish for it we can hope for it we can dream about it but guess what trouble has your number trouble has your address trouble has your account (laughs) trouble knows where you live As much as we would like to escape trouble, and we all try to, you know, hopefully most of us don't run after trouble. Some of us flirt with it. But most of us try to stay away from it, but yet even when we do, trouble comes along. The idea is trouble is out there, and we're going to run into it sometimes. We're going to get mixed up with it, whether we want to or not. The assurance of God's word is not that we can avoid trouble, but the assurance of God's word is that when trouble comes along, he is there for us. He describes himself as our refuge and our strength, and he says an ever-present help. Isn't that nice to know that God is ever-present? He's not an occasional help. I appreciate people who are an occasional help to me. Do you? You know, I, I, don't, I don't get mad at them because they're not there all the time for me. If they're there for me at some points in my life, I'm grateful for them. Because I know most people can't be there all the time, and I'm grateful when they can help sometimes. But isn't it awesome to know that God never flakes out? God never is limited. He is an ever-present help. He can always be there for you, no matter what you're going through. He doesn't ever take breaks. He's not ever indisposed. He's never taking a nap. God is always there. No matter what time you have a need, if it's three in the morning, he's there. It doesn't matter. 
God is there, ever-present. And then he describes the different types of troubles that I mentioned before. He describes the troubles of the natural world. Remember when I was talking about the the earthquakes and the typhoons and, and the tsunamis and all that kind of stuff? He talks about that. He says, so therefore we will not fear when the earth gives way. When the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, when the waters roar with foam and the mountains quake with surging. In other words, all the terrible stuff, when when the Mount St. Helen or the other mountains with lava, when they erupt, when, when all the bad stuff happens, the calamities occur, we know God is there. God is there. And then he says, and guess what? When those other things come along, down in verse 6, when it comes to people, it says nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. That is when all the people stuff, not just, you know, we know that because of sin that mankind entered into in the very beginning, this whole world fell under a curse. That meant nature is not as it's supposed to be. And people, we are not as we are supposed to be. And so nature is under the curse, creation. All these bad things happen with creation. And all these bad things happen to us and in us and through us. Nations are in the uproar. Kingdoms fall. People all over do stuff they shouldn't. And then he says, hey, but it's okay. God's got this. And again, he contrasts the power of God over the power of the nations. He says, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. In other words, it doesn't matter about all the armies and all the empires of the world. God's got this. God's got it all covered. His very word is more powerful than anything that they can do and anything they can say. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That's Martin Luther right there talking about a mighty fortress is our God. And then the psalmist invites us in verse 8. He says, come and see what the Lord has done. He's beckoning. He's calling. He's like, all you have to do, if you're afraid, if you're worried, if you're if you're in In just a tizzy, just take a second and stop and think about what God has done throughout redemptive history. Look at what God has done for his people. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. In other words, there's so many times displayed throughout history when God has simply said enough. Enough. Stop. You see, whenever the calamities, whenever the heartbreaks, uh, whenever the outbreaks of life occur, whether they are of nature or whether they are of mankind, we have the tendency to react in all the wrong ways. We can run around like chickens with our heads cut off, kind of going, going crazy, not knowing what to do. Or maybe we can run around acting like we're in control when in fact we're not. 
Or maybe we can just run away thinking we can somehow escape or get away from the trouble that we can't escape from. And we can have all of these wrong reactions to what's going on. But God says that really there's one right reaction. And here in verse 10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. Before the service, I was given the verse, the, the scripture to Matt in the back to put on the computer. And he had to change it because I had originally planned this week to preach on a different passage. And, and I had a different sermon title. And I said, well, I changed it. And the, the new sermon title was Be Still. And he said, well, I hope Logan's listening. Be still. <laughs> Anybody who's a parent has at some point said, be still. Be still to a young child. And we've said it with some frustration in our voice at some point. Can you just be still for a second? I've got this. It's under control. If you would just sit still. And I wonder how many times our Heavenly Father feels that way about us. If we would just sit still, understanding He has it under control. Understanding that He's got us. He's got this. He's going to shelter us and protect us. We are within the shadow of his wings, in the shelter of his wings. He is our fortress. He is our protector. He is our rock. And he simply wants us to be still and recognize who he is. That he is God and we are not. And that he's got it under control. And so the next time you hear someone tell their child, be still, or you tell your child or your grandchild, be still, remember that your heavenly father is saying to you, be still. Pause. Stop. Just a moment from all the craziness and hecticness and nonstop worry and fear and activity. And remember that I'm on the throne. And I've got this. And I've got you in my hands. He goes on and says, I will be exalted among the nations. That is, among all the people and all the man-made problems, and I will be exalted in the earth. That is, all the natural catastrophes, epidemics, diseases, outbreaks, whatever, whether it's natural disasters or man-made disasters, God says, I will be exalted, I will be honored, I'm in control in all these things. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I want us to go back and to sing that song that we sang one more time about the place of freedom. And this time I want us to think about that place of freedom 
as being that place in which we realize that we are free in God's shelter, that we are free in his fortress, in his refuge, that we're free to simply rest and acknowledge that he's God, that he's got this. Yes, we're his servants. Yes, we're his soldiers. Yes, we're his workers. We still do everything he's called us to do and serve as he's called us to do. But we don't carry the burden of being God. We let him be in control. And we rest simply knowing that he's in control and that he's got this. And we rest in that refuge. Would you stand, please? And our older children at this time, our third through fifth graders, you can go ahead and make your way out towards Sunday school. And just as we sing, you just give yourself to the Lord and that place of freedom and resting in Him and in His refuge.